for our scripture reading, which is from Philippians 3, 12 through 21. Not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let those of us who are mature think this way, and if anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. Only let us hold true to what we have attained. Brothers, join in imitating me, and keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. For many, of whom I have often told you and now tell you even with tears, walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their end is destruction, their God is their belly, and they glory in their shame with minds set on earthly things. But our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. This is the word of the Lord. Nothing, huh? Oh, there it goes. There it is. All right. All right, so tonight, or this, this afternoon, uh, I, I'm, I'm going to explain the text that Jonathan just read by not talking about that text all that much. Okay, that's weird. In fact, some of you are being like, I want to see this magic trick. Uh, but, I, but I think it's going to make sense. If, if I'm, if I'm going to sum up what, what, what Jonathan just read for us, I'm going to sum it up in hopefully like under 30 seconds. And it's Paul basically saying this, like, look, I'm being changed. Um, I haven't arrived. I'm not perfect. And you all are being changed too. Don't forget everything I just said. We're all going to be changed one day from our lowly bodies to something pretty spectacular. All right, that's, that's, that's a paraphrase of what Jonathan just read. Um, now, what is he going to talk about? Um, if you remember last week, and some, uh, not all of us were here, but last week, Paul, in Philippians 3, he goes through this um, 11 verses of basically kind of bragging on himself. Right? He, he says all of these amazing things that he's super proud of. And he said, uh, all of these things that I'm really proud of, I, I think are garbage. And there's actually a more severe word, right? It's a street term for um, body business, bathroom body business. Paul uses, he goes, all this list that I'm really, really proud of, I kind of think that's garbage compared to knowing three things. And then he gives three things. I'm going to tell you what those three things are. He says, um, uh, knowing Christ, he said, I think, I think it's, knowing Christ is better than everything that I'm really, really proud of. And he said, the power of the resurrection is better than all of these things I'm really, really proud of. And then he says, um, and this one's weird, he said, fellowship in his sufferings are better than all these things I'm really, really proud of. So that was last week. Um, 
But the reason why I'm gonna talk about those three things is those three things are gonna explain the entire, our entire passage that was read for us. That is, you're being changed. You're being changed. So that's what we're talking about. We're talking about change and transformation. Now, um, uh, I've seen people change, and you have seen people change. Uh, and let's just be honest, is change isn't necessarily always good. <laughs> but we've seen people change. Um, I, I've seen radical changes in this sense, and I'm, these are more of the negative variety, but I, I've seen someone throw away um, uh, stability, throw away their family, throw away communal respect, and chase after something that they thought was really awesome. And, and it radically changed, like, uh, like what they did, where they lived, what they, drive, uh, what they began to drive. They started to, um, you know, at, it's a little weird. I don't care if you frost the tips of your hair. That's great. It's a little bit more weird when you're 60, right? And you trade in and you find a new spouse and you trade in and you get a new, and this, you have this new life and you're like, wow, that didn't look like the, the previous 50 years. That's kind of weird. What happened? Like all of us ask that question, like what happened? That's, that's pretty interesting. Like what was the catalyst to make that happen? I want to know. Or some of you have seen this. I've seen this. Um, someone's really engaged in community, it could be a civic community, it could be a, a school, church community, whatever it is, their neighbors, whatever, um, and this is what happens is suddenly they go all hermit and they retreat into their house and no one sees them anymore. And you're like, huh, that's really weird. They used to be super engaged, but they're not. I was talking to a neighbor about one of our other neighbors on our street and they said, um, we knew him before and before, he was really, really active, but he said um, he had a young son drown in a pool, and he went inside, and he's been inside for the last 30 years. That's the question. It's like, oh, that's a huge change. What happened? What happened there? I think we're pretty enthralled with, uh-huh, what happened there? Um, a little bit more radical, and I'm not even trying to make a point. This is going to be equal opportunity here. But it's, have you run into a person, you might have known them in college, in, in, in grade school, whatever, and they used to be a hardcore Democrat and or Republican. Doesn't matter. And fast forward, and you're like, huh, they, they flip sides. Huh. How did that happen? Like, you want to know the catalyst. Um, I'm not going to even say the party, but I have, I have a friend. And in, in adult age, he radically changed parties. And I asked him, I said, like, what was the trigger? He said, I lost almost everything. And I needed help. And a party helped me. And it radically changed him. All right, let me just tell you something. about Paul, The Apostle Paul, if you're just inside Christianity, outside Christianity, it doesn't matter. But 
Paul is a very, very curious subject. And I'm talking about not even with Christians. What happened to that guy? Like, like he was, it's, it's a little hard to get the force of this, but hopefully you can. It's just like he is busy running around. Like, I believe this thing so much, I will kill you for it. Right? That, that's, that's how you know you've run into a, a religious person, is that they think, I am so right, and I think you should follow my program. And if you're not right, if you don't follow my program, I hate you. That's a religious person. That's a religious person. I'm not really much in a religion. I don't know about you. But that's the marker. It's like, not only, not only will you not do my program, I will hunt you down. And that can be virtually on Twitter, Instagram, etc. But I will hunt you down. Okay, this is the curious thing about Paul, is that what, you were against this group of people who were talking about the risen Jesus, and it was actually doing violence to your own, and like, you switched teams. Like, what happened there? All right. I think that's curious. That's, that, that, that's a curiosity. Because Paul is like, I'm an adult person. I have these very, very convicted views on life in the world, politically and otherwise, and how things should go. And then, boom, he's like, um, I just want to know Christ, and I want to know the power of his resurrection, and I would love to get in on some of that suffering action. What? Like, dude, you got beat down. One, like, one too many stones hit your head. Like, what happened? Am I beating a dead horse? Maybe. So what's the nature of Paul's change? And he gives it to us. Um, but we actually don't know what it means. He gives it to us. Uh, I want to know him. I want to know the power of the resurrection, uh, resurrection and I want to have fellowship in the same type of sufferings that he went through if it means that I end up changed and transformed like him. Okay. Um, I, uh, all of us here, there, there's, if you are into Christianity, if you're not exploring it, you're like, I've in, then on some level you said, I believe these things in Christianity. Like you assent to facts that are written down. You're like, yes, I believe these things. Uh, and that's Paul. Paul's saying, I believe that the resurrection of Jesus was real. But this is the interesting thing about Paul is like, that is not enough for me. Uh, that fits, I think, a lot of us is like, oh, okay, I want to hear a lecture so that I agree with what he says. And if I agree with what he says, it might lead to transformation. And Paul's not satisfied with that. He is like this. He's like, I want to know it. I want to believe it. But I want to experience it. Right? It's, it's rational and intellectual, and it's also felt. I mean, some, this is a little old school, 1960s, but it's like right brain, left brain, right? That's what Christianity, that's what he's saying Christianity is. is like, I am going to believe something, but I want to experience it. Don't just give me a, a set of intellectual facts that I'm supposed to agree to. 
Like, I want it to be real. I don't want it just to be in my head. So this is what he's saying. I want to know Jesus. I, that, and that word is really important, I want. I desire that more than what? Anything else. Um, um, academic stature, community stature. Um, I, want, I want to know Jesus, and that word is so important. Um, because it's this, is I used to want something else more. And then it melted away. I mean, that's me. I've wanted so many things, and I don't know if I could say, like, oh, I actually want to know him more than I want to chase out all these things. So that, that word's very, very important. But let me, let me give an example of, like, how that's possible. Something else has to eclipse the thing that you want. So if you've, um, th- there was a guy I knew um, uh, years ago, and he was training uh, for a marathon, and um, so he had gone like no red meat. And I, we invite him over, and like really beautiful guests, we made barbecue. Uh, I mean, <laughs> hosts, we made barbecue. And he was like, I want it. Like he said, it smells so good. I haven't had barbecue in the longest time, but I'm training for this thing. So, um, <laughs> I mean, being a nice guy, I said, well, can you just have a little bit? <laughs> so, so he ate a little bit of barbecue. And when I say little, it's like the, a little knot on a plate. And he called me the next day and he goes, I had the worst night. I had the worst night. Um, but I... We had him over again, and we were like, hey, we're having, I don't even know what else we had. And he goes, I want it, but I don't. I want something more than I want that barbecue. And what was it? Oh, like he wanted to perform better in this marathon. I experienced that in college. Um, I, I played basketball in college, and everyone thought it sounds, it sounds really cool to do that, but nope, I can't go out, I can't participate in all the regular hijinks. Um, I'm just going to do my homework and go to bed and have two and a half hour practices and repeat the same thing, and I, you don't get regular college life, which is really awesome. <laughs> or so I've heard. You can tell me about it. Um, but I could do something if I wanted to. But what did I, oh, I wanted something else more than I wanted to play. See, something else will eclipse a desire, a bigger desire will eclipse an inferior desire. And that's what Paul is saying, is saying, I have found, I want, I want, I want a bigger desire than anything, like my career, my relationships, my health, um, my address, because he's writing this from a prison, (laughs) right? Like, I want that more than all of this. Um, All right. This is how you know the power of the resurrection has hit your heart and your head, is you're saying, I want to know Christ more than all of these other things I'm running after. Not that they're less important. Paul's still, really, what, he's really proud that he's a Jew, and he's really proud that he's part of the tribe of Benjamin, and he's really proud that um, he did all of these things, right? He's not, he's not not proud of that. He's just like, guess what? I think it's second. All of those things are second place compared to what the first desire and wanting. Um, now, 
that's how, how do you know, this is what you have to do. Um, how do I know that the power of the resurrection and knowing Jesus is in you and in me? Well, you run into a person with passion. This is another way of describing the same thing. Now, that actually freaks me out and it freaks you out when you hear that because what do we think of when we think of a Christian passionate person? My Aunt Penelope, who's just always talking about Jesus. Jesus this, Jesus that, and you're like, Aunt Penelope, Aunt P, come on, no more. Or it's a coworker who is always saying, praise the Lord. Uh, uh, hey, it's break time, praise the Lord. Um, hey, um, uh, we're thinking about getting some drinks after work, praise the Lord. That is not a passionate person. That is a religious person, and that looks more like Paul pre-conversion, is what? He was, he was into religious words and external things. Like, you do the program, you do it right, and if you don't, I hunt you down and kill you. Right? That is not a passionate person about this desire. That's a religious person. So, so let me tell you what a passionate person looks like. This is a passionate person. Um, well, let me, let me do it by way of an illustration. So um, uh, the last two years, my eyes have started to go bad. <laughs> and I can't see things like my phone, um, the text on my phone. And so um, like a lot of you, I went to the good doctor's yap in Eagle Rock. Um, they are, I'm, you guys can, might even see hang there. Um, and uh, they, through a battery of tests, they actually discovered what was wrong with me. You want to know what it is? I am a middle-aged white dude <laughs> who is regularly aging at a very consistent pace. All right. So... <laughs> Thank you, Larson. If you didn't laugh, who would? Uh, so, 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 so Brian did something. I was like, you know what? I am even have a long-distance contact in and a, a near-distance contact in, and I've got reading glasses. My kids make fun of me because i got regular glasses, and then I'll put a reading glasses underneath because I don't want bifocals because I'm so vain. And, <laughs> and Brian's like, whoa, 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 you need to stop that. So without making another appointment, he comes over and he goes, look, you need to read these in the morning, or put these on at night. Morning and night, they're reading glasses, you'll be fine. You don't have to have your phone up to, on your nose. Okay. <laughs> is there a point here? There is. You've been patient. Um, the thing is, is like when I have my glasses on and my contacts in, uh, I am not thinking about my contacts and my glasses. I'm not. But everything I'm looking at is affected by my glasses. Okay, so, so, so this is what a passionate person is, is it says, I am gonna look at every last thing in my life through a pair of uh, glasses that says, Jesus is Lord. If you grew up in the 90s, this is the frame I'm using. Is You heard this, if you grew up in the church in the 90s, you're going to get what I'm saying. It's like people would say, yes, Jesus is your Savior, but is he your Lord? Does that, does anybody? You're like, whoa, where'd you grow up? <laughs> All right, this is the frame. It's like, I am going to look at every part of my life a passionate person is this. It says, hey, my money, guess what? Um, Jesus informs what I do with my money. 
Um, uh, An older man told me this. He says, Tim, do you pray about your investments before you do them? I was like, no. The minister doesn't pray about his investments before? No. But you know what he was giving me? He was just like, Tim, your investments are underneath the reign of Jesus, and you've got to pray over them before you make your moves. Does that mean you don't do research? No, it means I do research. <laughs> but I'm going to say, Jesus, you matter, and you, you have a say. You have a say. That's a passionate person. That's the power of the resurrection. That's what? Knowing him, because if you know him, you're going to say, oh, you, you, you have a say in every part of my life. My lifestyle, the way I rest, the way um, you have a say about the conflicts I'm going through. You have a say about the relationships I'm in. D- 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 haven't you run into people that are like, guess what? I follow Jesus, and, and, and I'm all into Jesus, and Jesus is awesome, and I'm a Christian. I've always been a Christian. And you're like, and you just poke a little bit. You're like, you're like hey, um, tell me why you're in that relationship. Nope, you can't ask that question. You can ask all the other questions, but you can't ask that question. What, what's that showing? It's like, oh, 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 you want something more than Jesus over all things. That's why, that's why Paul uses that word want. I want to know him more than anything else. Okay, this is the experience that Paul is straining for. Um, one, know Jesus I'm going to do this so briefly. You're going to be like, I don't know if I got it. I'll just have to listen to it later. Um, All right, this is what he means by knowing Jesus. If Jesus is raised from the dead, it means that you can relate to him and he relates to you. Christianity is a little different from every other world religion in this regard. Is um, I like Flannery O'Connor. I like um, Kant. But you know what I can do is I can learn their teachings, but I can never know them. They can never talk back to me. And this is what we mean by the resurrection. If the resurrection is real, then the person of Jesus can press back on me. Because if it's real. Um, So, so, let me put it this way. Um, I have a very funny, funny, uh, my, my kids will laugh, my family will laugh at this, I have a very, very funny relationship with my older brother. Um, we say to he, things to each other that really you should never say to any other human being. Um, and there have been times in my relationship with my brother that in, if I have been broken and he has been broken, you would not know it because he comes across as this big 6'11 gruff dude, but that he is tender. And he shows me love. <laughs> and because he's a person, he presses on me in a very different way as well. In fact, one of the jokes at my house is I can call up my brother and I've asked Anderson or my son this. Uh, I'll, I'll be like, um, how fast do you think I can get Uncle Mac to say a very bad word? <laughs> we press on each other in very different ways because he's real. And Jesus 
presses on us in very different ways because he's real. Sometimes you need to know what? You need to know, hey, I, I love you. You know I'm for you. And we're like, yes, I need to know that from your word and through prayer and have that sensation. Just, and I'm going to be in prayer until I know that you love me. And then there's time, well, and you may not like this part, but he presses on you in a different way. And it's rebuke. Not hate, not punishment, but rebuke. Hey. How and why can he do that? Because he's real. Um, that's what Paul means by knowing Jesus. I want to know Jesus because he's re- the resurrection is real. Um, and it changed Paul. It changed Paul. Um, the reason why his career could just be in the absolute outhouse and his reputation could be in the absolute outhouse is he was just like, oh, I want to know this real risen Jesus. Um, that's how Paul changed. Now, he changed to that second one is he says this, I want to know the power of the resurrection. So um, um, I, I want to know Jesus, but I want to know the power of the resurrection. Uh, this is the difference between um, knowing a person and uh, resembling a person. So my brothers and I, um, we grew up in um, you know, the, the 80s, early 90s, but 80s is like our sweet spot of, of, of boyhood. And um, we were voracious readers of Sports Illustrated. Like Sports Illustrated would come, we'd just fight each other over Sports Illustrated. We'd read it cover to cover, long format, everything. Faces in the crowd, you guys remember that? Um, we would just read every last syllable, we'd just read it. And of course, we were trying to find facts about our, our stars, right? Magic Johnson, David Robbins. Like we were, trying, we were trying to find, and then what's the next step from finding out everything you can about your star? What's the next step? Anybody know? Come on, throw it out here. You're like, but it wasn't dialogical up till now, so you can't expect us to just turn on a dime. Okay, I get that. Anything. Like, what did you, what did you do? Like, I wanted to know all about them. What's the next step? You, what, who said, the, you copy them. Um, the next is shoes, shirts, and jerseys. <laughs> Right? And isn't it amazing how when I walked down the street with my, you know, my Magic Johnson jersey, everyone gave me more respect? <laughs> no, they didn't. <laughs> it didn't make me a better basketball player. But I, th- I thought, right, like, I'm going to buy these Jordans. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump higher today. No, I didn't. But what was the next step? The next step is I'm going to know him, and then I'm going to start resembling them in a really weird junior high boy-like way. Why? Because I am so impressed with them. I'm so impressed with them. Uh, now, you guys know that we do this too, like in our professional careers. You, we, we look at people who are knocking it out, and we're kind of impressed, and what do we do? Resemble them, copy them, try their moves out, their lingo, their strategy. We, we do it. That, that's what Paul's doing. The power of the resurrection, what is this? And I'm going to make this make sense. The power of the resurrection is this, is there is an energy and a power that raised up deadness. Have you ever seen that happen in all of uh, uh, world history? No. Why do the movies have it like, um, you know, when there's a dead person, we'll go Frankenstein, 
right? What do you, what do you need? For, so, Tim, actually, it was Dr. Frankenstein's monster. Um, okay, I get it. I'm sorry. Rewind. It was Dr. Frankenstein's monster. He's on the table. What do we need? Power source. And then every movie has it. It's the thunderstorm, and you're just like, and it just comes down. It just ruins everything and all the wires, but it's enough power. Okay, that is not enough power to raise deadness. All right? It works in Mary Shelley's. It works in the books. It hasn't worked in all of humanity. So what we're talking about, Paul is saying, is there is a power of the resurrection that makes dead things live. And I want it. I want it. What's he saying? Um, This same power can make its mark on your very soul and your character growth and your development. And now you're like, okay, how? I don't want to just know him. I want to wear the jersey of the resurrection. Okay, thank you. Great image, Tim, but you still haven't told me anything. I want you to look at all the dead areas you have right now in your life. All the anger, all the deep insecurity. All the selfishness, dead, 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 dead. All the, um, all the poison you love to sip on the sly. Look at those dead areas. How can those dead areas be made alive and turned into something good? This is how is when you make him your every hope and ambition and he is never second, third, fourth, or fifth place or strategy. When you ask ask him, I absolutely want you to be over everything. Now these are weird areas, right? I want you to be over my investments. I want you to be over my me time and my leisure. And there will be an electricity over your soul that makes dead things come alive. So, fellowship of his sufferings, third one. That seems weird. Why does Paul want that? That's kind of weird. Yeah, could you hit me, please? That's weird. Um, He says this, I want to share in his sufferings, and I want to be, and this is the phrase that he uses, it's from a little translation, I want to be conformable to his death. Okay, so here's this, I want to share in the way that he took pain and suffering and trial, and I want to be shaped to the way he does it. Weird, Paul. Weird. But I want, you to, I want you to see the logic in it. I want you to see the sense in it. If you, <laughs> all right, if you go out into the world wearing the jersey of the resurrection, l- l- check this out. Um, 
well, you actually will be more truthful than ever before, <laughs> right? Um, you will extend uncommon, gracious love to those that probably just are not loved all that much, including your office space. And when you do that, it's just inevitable that there will be hostility and barbs that come back on you. And you're replaying in, in that re-enacting and having a part in his sufferings. There will be more trouble, there will be more mistreatment, and then, do you know what it does? And this is, this is what I want you to see, this beautiful art. It stirs up something more. When you will participate in those sufferings, it will stir up something more. It will stir up a greater knowledge of who he is. And then, you're definitely gonna need some more resurrection power because guess what? When you participate in suffering and trial, it exposes all the deadness that we have. And then, you're gonna go from there to a higher level of suffering. And then, you're gonna stir up more knowledge of him. This is what Paul is saying. The one who unites with me in this way, knowledge, power of the resurrection, fellowship in my sufferings, is gonna be transformed from better to better to better. Whoa. And deadness only moves and exists on my path to perfection. That's what Paul is saying in this passage. Like, our lowly bodies are going to be transformed. You know Christ, you um, have the power of the resurrection, and you share in his sufferings. Until when? What? Your own resurrection, and you're going to be made complete. So, um, let's end there. Um, I was going to do a conclusion. No, let's not do that. Let's pray. And let's go to the table and have another replay of something else. Jesus, um, uh, uh, th this, this cycle that you gave the Apostle Paul radically transformed. I, I, I want to want to know you more, if that makes sense. I, I, I feel as I, I don't want you above all things, but I, I want it. I want it to be true. I know I'm not there. I want you above all things. I do want to experience the power of your resurrection in my life, in, in every corner I do, and I want that for my friends. Uh, and I'm frightened because I don't want suffering. But if I move from better to better, Jesus, give me your suffering. I want, I want, to, I want some of that. I want fellowship in that. I pray it for my friends, even though that, that sounds frightening and scary. But give us yourself, please, so that we cannot be scared. In Jesus' name, amen.